Wow. After that introduction, I want to hear the guy. That's, that was amazing. Look at your neighbor real quick and tell him if you wouldn't have come to chapel today, I would be the best looking person here. Yeah. <laughs> some of you actually believe that. That's what's pretty cool. Uh, I do have some pictures to share with you. I used to like sit there and watch people put up uh, pictures of their of their grandkids, and I was like, "Man, you're old." But uh, I'm I'm there now, so I do have some pictures. First of all, this is my family. Is, is that going to work? There. That's my family. You'll notice a couple of people that you might know. That's our dog, Nico. He is the center of attention. He was. Now he's out of the way because the two on the right-hand side, Anthony and Sarah, just gave birth to Josiah. Can you put that back? There we go. I just, I just want to leave that there because then everybody will pay attention. That's nine pounds, four ounces of future linebacker, Josiah Nikki Garza. Ain't that cool? That is, just, oh God, that's amazing. That's amazing. I am from the great state of Washington. I've lived in California for a long time. There are Christians in California. There are people that love God in California still to this day. Want to honor your president, a good friend, uh, Dr. Scott Hagen. We got to teach together. But let me tell you a story real quick about Scott Hagen. You may not know this. He's way older than I am. He's not here to defend himself. But I was actually a college student playing saxophone for his youth group when I met Scott Hagen in San Jose, California. So I've known him just for a few years. He was a phenomenal youth pastor. I kind of feel like he still is. Uh, when, when you do that, you just never stop doing it. Uh, but together, we've seen God do amazing things. And I, I get to speak to a lot of audiences, but I'm telling you right now, there are moments where you're calling and the people that you're talking to kind of converge, and this is that kind of day. Because I believe in this generation. I have to. You, we need hope, and you are the hope for the future. I know that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. But Jesus, for some weird reason, chooses to partner with us to change the world. And if we don't step up, he doesn't do it by himself. He calls the church to change the world. He, he uses the church. And when, when I was young, I used to, I used to ask God, well, what are you going to do for me? And then I got a little older and I started saying, God, what can I do for you? And now I'm at a place, and I wish I would have got there a lot younger, where it's, what can I do with God? Because God is already at work, and it's my job to partner with him. I'm going to say it again. God is already at work, and it's my job to partner with him. So I want to share with you from the subject, towels, towels over titles. Towels over titles. The world needs more towels and less titles. Now, they just introduced me as Dr. Nick Garza, and I allowed them to do that because when I was young, I didn't know a Mexican can be a doctor. Until, until a guy by the name of Dr. Jesse Miranda came to my church when I was 13, and he looked at me and said, where are you going to college? I had to pick apples the next day. I was like, college? I, if I get through high school, it'll be, it'll be phenomenal. Uh, no one in my family, none of my cousins, no one has gone to college. He says, where are you going to school? 
I had no idea. He came back when I was 17. He said, where are you going to college? And I said, th- I think I might go to Seattle. And he said, no, you're going to California. Here's a scholarship. You're going to Bethany. And, and I went to college because Dr. Jesse Miranda believed in me. And I got this seed planted in me that I needed to believe in the next generation the way he did. This man was phenomenal, and he showed up to my college graduation, my seminary graduation. He was there at the hooding ceremony for my doctorate. He's with Jesus now, but he left such an impact in my life to believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. So I grew up out there uh, with my, my dad. I want to show you a picture of my dad and my mom. If we could put that up, I just want to show you this real quick. That's my dad. Isn't he phenomenal? I mean, look at that dude, zoot suit. He's like, oh, wow, no, he, was a gang- no, he wasn't a gangster. That, that is a migrant farm worker who met my mom in Homestead, Florida, even though they grew up 15 minutes apart. They were working in the fields. My dad was recruited by the Negro League to play shortstop in Florida. He's an amazing man, but he worked his skin off. Wanted to use another word, but I'm a Christian. He worked so hard. He provided for us. He never, he didn't go past the third grade in Mexico, but he provided so much for me. So much that I wanted to honor him and go get some titles. And I was called to ministry. I was only 13, 14 years old. Called to ministry. I was called to serve. But then I was taught by other people to go chase titles to go get a position, because you need a position if you're going to serve, right? That's not what the calling was about, but I had something twisted, because when you grow up in poverty, when you grow up wanting things, and you get a niche, and people start to recognize that you could actually spell and complete a sentence, and they start giving you scholarships, all of a sudden, you're chasing titles when God wanted you to grab towels, Philippians 2.5 says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who we honored during worship. Amen? Who being in very nature God, very nature God, he isn't like God. He is God. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So, I get called to ministry. I used to go to youth convention. I know some of you have gone to some of those things, camps. And this DYD, this district youth director, back in the day we called them DCAP. They'd come and they they would do the camp and and I would sit there. I had a call on my life. I said, I want to do what he's doing. I'm going to chase it. I'm going to go after it. I even went one year to a district office and I saw the sign where it said district youth director parking. And I put my hands, Jeff, I put my hands on the sign and I said, I claim this parking spot in the name of Jesus. Five, six years later, I was parking there. And it's like, wow. Well, the, the problem was, is I thought I'd arrived. I have a title down. Now I can, and, and I had some fun. I, I, I had sonic flood at my convention. I had a blast meeting people that were superstars in the Christian world. I, it was so awesome. But God kept bothering me because I was called to be a servant and not just have a title. You know, you're secure when you're able to serve. Insecure people surround themselves with people they believe are there to serve them. Secure people are surrounded by people they serve. 
When you know who you are and you know who's boss, you're released to grab towels. The Holy Spirit empowers us for service. He empowers us to do, not just to have the goosebumps, not just to get laid out, not just to jump up and down, not just to speak a heavenly language. And I believe in all that stuff, but he empowers us for service. We're supposed to have something great on the inside. My oldest is my only boy, Anthony. Anthony, in the eighth grade, already had a goatee. They used to make me bring the birth certificate to basketball tournaments and soccer games because they thought, no, no, you're bringing an 18-year-old to these things. He just looked like a, like a man-man. In the ninth grade, he must have weighed 185 pounds. He had a beard. And he comes to my door one night, and I'm sound asleep, and I, I have the kind of contacts that when they're not on, I can't see anything. So he comes, knocks on the door, and he says, Dad, there's something outside my window. Somebody's out there. And I looked at him, beard, and I said, go out there and take care of it. Right? Because he's going to do a better job defending the house than I. So, so my, wife, my wife nudges me. I, I say that in a nice way. She pushed me out of bed. And she said, go check it out. So I have no contacts on. He can see. I can't see. And, and, and we're trying to find a flashlight. We find one of those things that you put in the closet and you bump it to turn on. I mean, that small. And he goes outside. We, we go through the front door, go around the house, over to where our garbage cans are. And he's still hearing something. And I follow him. And he's shining. And he goes all the way close to a bush. And all of a sudden, he comes running at me, screaming, Dad, it's a skunk! Scared to death. And so was I. And so our neighbor, Bob, and Carissa and Crystal, you know Bob. Bob gets out of bed, and he gets this lantern. I'm talking about something you go hunting with that, that you could shine a whole airport landing with. And he, he plugs it into his truck and goes... And he shines it across, and you could see from across the street the eyes of the skunk. Bob never been to seminary. He's never been to Bible college. And, and it, I barely got him to start reading the Bible. But Bob said something that day that changed my life. I said, Bob, that skunk is so small. Look at the size of my son. Why is that skunk not afraid of my son? Bob goes, because he knows what's inside of him. Do you have any idea what's inside of you? Do you have any idea why that stuff got put in you? Because if you're here like I used to be, thinking the anointing is for me to be able to tell other people what to do, the anointing is for me to have a title where I can manage teams, the anointing is the calling, whatever it is, whatever it is, if I'm going to run a department, I, I need to be the leader because God wants me to have influence. Listen, towels earn influence. Towels open doors. Towels honor God. John 13. John 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world. Listen to the way he starts this story. He knew it was time for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Go back to that place of title. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So John sets up the ultimate backdrop of servitude. Christ would serve us to death. You know, he loves you to death. You are to die for. Love serves, period. Love serves, period. 
Don't tell me you love me if you can't serve me. I can't tell you I love you if I'm not willing to serve you. Love does not condone sin. It covers it. I praise God today that I'm under the blood, that my hang-ups are under the blood, that temptation is under the blood, that the things that I deal with are under the blood. I thank God for that. He doesn't tell me it's okay to have those things. He covers them. He died for them. He covered our sin with his death. So I want you to picture this because sometimes we hear Bible stories and, and we don't really fully understand. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas. Who? Look at your neighbor and say, Judas was at the table. Caveat here for you, if you can't love Judas, maybe you can't love anybody. He was there. He was going to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things. Listen, this is amazing. Aren't the Bible authors amazing? Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? Look at the way it puts it forth. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. Under his authority, Jesus knew who he was. And because of that, because of that, then he acts. It says, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew, Paul said. Paul said, I want to know Christ and his power, his resurrection, and his suffering. What did Jesus know? Jesus knew his place. Jesus knew his power. And he knew where he came from and where he was going. We derive our place, power, and identity from our place. From our place. Let me tell you about your place. Ephesians 2.6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Stop looking in the mirror and saying you're no one. You're someone. Because of what he did for you. You get to share a place with Christ that is a privilege. We are all privileged, by the way, because of what Jesus did for us. Once we know who we are and find security in him, we can thrive as servants. Verse 4, he gets up from the meal, takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist. So I brought a towel and my towel has a clip because it won't fit around this waist that the Lord has blessed me with. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Can I just pause for a moment? Pastor Jeff, listen to this. Jesus didn't grab a towel. He wore a towel. He wore the symbol of servanthood. No, you don't get this. He took off his kingly robes. He took off a crown and wore a towel. I, I so wanted to do the opposite as a kid. I wanted to throw down <laughs> the farming equipment. I wanted to throw down the servant, anything that had to do with being under someone. I wanted to throw all that away and put on a title. Jesus did the opposite to show me something about love and service. He gets up from the table. Now, he's at this table. Now, some of you, I saw a few people coming in here with sandals being in sandals in Minnesota is not going to be very long-lived. I understand that, but I saw some of you with sandals, but we don't have you any idea. Some of us have been to beaches where it's hot, it's sweaty, it's humid, and you know that by the end of the day, your, your feet, they stank. They stank, and stank is spelled S-T-A-A-A-A-N-K. They, they just stank. Well, these folks, they didn't have paved roads. They didn't have, you're walking in dirt all day long. 
And if you're going to go somewhere and eat together, and you're probably at a short table where you're sitting on the floor, leaning against the table, how many of you know when stanky feet and food are nearby each other, it is not a good combination? So I really need you to understand what Jesus is actually doing here, because some of you think it's real cute to go dust off someone's feet. These feet were gross, I am, I am positive. The Holy Spirit showed me that Peter never got a pedicure. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, can you imagine what their feet look like? And they sit there, and there's no servant in the room washing their feet, which was customary. And they look at each other, and I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I'm, I'm the beloved. I ain't going to do it. I'm the closest to Christ. Don't you see me? I'm sitting. I ain't going to do it. He called me the rock. And on this, right? So Jesus grabs the towel. He puts it around his waist. After he had poured water into a basin, begins to wash his disciples' feet, all of them, even Judas, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He wore his towel. He wore his towel. He used his towel. This guy, he spoke and galaxies were formed. He breathed and humanity came to be. And with all of that, he grabs the towel and he serves. He comes to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replies, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. I'm not going to let you serve me. You're greater than me. Look how Jesus answers. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I need to tell you a story real quick because it has nothing to do with what I'm sharing here, but it's going to connect with someone today. I grew up in a place where my teachers, who were all Caucasian, would look at a guy like me, it didn't matter how well I did, and they would want me to go into classes that would never amount to the things that I was called to do. In other words, they treated me like I was dumb. So I thought to myself, I have two choices. First choice is, I don't like white people. And number two, I am not going to learn from them. In fact, I'm going to show them that I'm going to go out and make it just to prove to them. I wanted so bad after I got certain degrees to go back to my high school, sit down with a teacher and say, huh, there you go. Jesus never let me do that. Because I got to college and a guy by the name of Dr. Bob Cook served me every day. And you see, I thought, I can't learn from you because you represent something that hurts me. But he served me, and it wrecked me. It changed me. And when I, when I wanted to quit school as a freshman, I would see him walking down a sidewalk, and he would say, good morning, Dr. Garza. And it would irritate me. What are you talking about? I want to quit. I don't even want to be sophomore, Garza. And he would say, good morning, Dr. Garza. I didn't understand that relationship from his point of view is if you would just let me serve you, we could be friends. Be careful to cut off people who want to serve you, who want to help you, who want to push you to do the greatest things that God is calling you to do. Learn from the people who want to serve you and then don't be afraid to serve them back. Peter said, hey, you can't do this. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is already clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, not every one of you is clean. 
Listen to what he means here. Listen to what he's saying here. Hey, your, your body is pretty much clean, but every, every now and then you're going to walk into places that are going to make you a little filthy. Be careful not to be the kind of person that when your friend points out something you've walked in, you don't listen to them when they just want to wash your feet. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Hey, you just walked into something, and I, and I want to bless you right now. I just want to point something out. I'm your friend. I love you. I serve you. Have the kind of people in your life that will tell you when your feet are dirty. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, turned to his place. Then he says these magic words. Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you get it? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Don't tell me you want to do life with me if we're not washing each other's feet, if we're not serving one another and learning how to serve others. Jesus is saying, I'm your teacher, so do as I do. Now wash each other's feet. We live in a time where we have no shortage of things to be divided about. We're divided about everything. Perhaps if we just served and allow people to serve us, we can start to get along. Serve somebody. Serve somebody. He says, I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Very quickly, serve him. Serve him. First call of life. It doesn't matter what your career path is going to be. Serve him. Serve him. Secondly, serve each other. Find someone to serve and serve them. Serve them. Serve them. Bless somebody. Man, be kind to somebody. You have no idea what some people are going through today. Serve the church. Jesus loved the church. He calls it his bride. I, like many of you, have spent a lot of time criticizing the church. It's okay to want to make church services better but don't criticize the body of Christ to the point where you offend Christ. Serve the church. Serve the church. Find a place, a small place. Make it better. Make it better. As a college student, be the best usher somebody could find. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm above that. Man, if you're not above towels, you're not above being an usher. Serve, serve, serve. Serve God. Serve each other. Serve the church. Serve our community. Find out what God is doing in Minneapolis and then go do it with him. Grab a towel, serve someone, and then go serve our world. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. You are empowered to empower others. Man, I'm almost out of time, but I have to tell you a fast story. My mom died beginning of 2020, right before COVID hit. It was a tough year for us. She died, and my mom was the best tortilla maker on the planet. I don't care whoever says, if there's other Latinos in this house, and you say, my mom, no, 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 you have no idea. My mother, I'm wearing these shoes on purpose. My mother was the Michael Jordan of tortillas. Yes, I said tortillas. That's the way you're supposed to say it. So my mother, my mother ran the the house from the stufa, the stove. My mother would, every single day, she didn't go buy the best tortillas in town. She made the best tortillas in town. So, and it wasn't like, you know, the, the, the corn tortillas that some of you have, those tacos. 
tacos. These were flour tortillas. These were works of art, pastry. Phenomenal. And she'd make these tortillas, and, and there was, yes, 11 of us, 11 of us. So we'd sit two to a chair when we were younger, and when we were older, we'd fight for the chairs. And my mom would make these tortillas, and they would go fresh from the stove to our plate. And, and, and she wasn't the kind of person that would come over to the table and say, oh, here, Nick, this is yours, and here, Bobby, this is yours. No, no. My mom, from the stove, we sat at the table, and she simply did this. And here comes those tortillas. And they would land neatly on a towel. And of course, we were so sophisticated and we, we, we knew our manners so well that we would say, hey, Nora, you're so lovely. So, I'm so honored to be your brother. You can have this tort. That's the way it would happen in your house, not my house. Everybody would try to grab a piece. In my home, we didn't use, don't, don't judge me, we didn't use a spoon or fork, we used tortillas. And we just made mini tacos. So you just take a slice of tortilla and you get the food in your fingers and you have the joy of having a mini flour taco going in. You have no idea what my mom could do with potatoes and chorizo. It was like heaven on a plate. So she would just, and we would all grab for our peace. My sisters grew out their nails. I learned how to box out in basketball at the table because I wanted mine. A message like this message today, you're sitting here going, I know three people that this applies to. I hope they're listening. And God is throwing tortillas from the sky. And you're satisfied watching someone else grab it. Grab your peace today. God's calling you to serve. You might serve as a nurse. You might serve as a worship leader. You might serve as a doctor. You might serve as an attorney. But he's calling you to serve. Don't chase the title. Watch how towels will open doors. I was involved at a district office for the Assemblies of God. I was, what you would say, a rising leader. And the Lord convicted me and said, go work for a charity. Go work for people who feed kids. I said, God, I have, a, I have an important job. And after he was done laughing at me, I called the president. I served on the board. I said, can I come to work? He said, let's go. It's awesome. I'm going to ask you to stand. I know some of you got to go. We have some amazing professors here that I'm going to ask to come up and help me pray. If today you want to grab yours, if today you want to reach up and grab your blessing and grab your truth, Maybe something about this message just kind of rattled you a little bit because you're mad at someone or you can't receive from some people because they remind you of someone that hurt you. Let people serve you. Let them believe in you because I do. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, God, that I don't have to lean on my understanding that your word is so powerful that every time we open it up, you have truth for us. I honor you for that today, Jesus. As individuals come and some have to leave, I pray that this message would linger in their heart and bring change to their mind so that we could change this world together. In Jesus' name, amen.